Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin colleague, Jay. Hey, hey. And, well, first of all, we have to say, if you didn't notice yet, we got new damn artwork for the pod. Boing, boing. Thanks to Sophie McTeer for the artwork, because uh, we're obsessed yeah. with it. It's so good. Thank you, thank yeah, you. And we'll drop their link in the show notes. Check their stuff out. It's very good. And then with us today, we have, of course, a special guest. Our guest today, I would say I've known longer than anyone uh, <laughs> that I know. <laughs> um, she is the host of a horror movie podcast called Not Your Final Girl. And that will be my pal, Candice Sluter. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the pod. Yeah, yeah. We have um, Kayla and I have known each other since high school, at yeah. least. Maybe even middle school. That's wild. Yeah, honestly, it's a little okay. horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I have questions. It's, it's the real horror is being perceived before you were 25 or so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Honestly, my nightmare. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I think about all the time how embarrassing it is that anybody knew me before 25. Because yeah, I was such a GD fool. It's not fair. <laughs> what, was, what was the vibe? Because I get a lot of different vibes. Because uh, sometimes it'll be goth. Then sometimes it's like, no, I was more of like a rocker. Or no, it's then sometimes like, oh, you're a movie uh, person. What, what, what was going on? Oh, you know what? I mean, I want to say primarily goth. It was like okay. I mean, kind of like I feel like a little bit of like a Daria vibe and like <laughs> gothness. Okay. And my goth years were like my goth years were like eighth grade and ninth grade mostly. That's and true. Then okay. went to more of a rocker slash whatever alternative. I yeah, guess I you would say, say. It's just an alt kind of vibe in general. Like we don't have to be married to one subculture, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's true, though. I, I definitely started. I, I was probably like eighth and ninth grade, a little bit like goth punk or whatever. Try, trying for it yeah, anyways. Yeah. My limited budget allowed me, <laughs> and um, and then after that was kind of a little more like people would be like, "Oh, she's like an indie girl," and I didn't like that. But I didn't like that like description. Oh. But it was true. So <laughs> that's definitely how I was dressing and acting. So you know what are you gonna do. Is what yeah. it is. But yeah, I think Kayla was probably one of the first people I knew, one of the first at least women I knew, who liked horror movies and liked yeah. to mm-hmm. talk about them. Yeah. And we hung out with a group of people like post high school who really liked super fucked up horror movies. So definitely some origin story shit. This is kind of like a pivotal moment, like horror wise, I guess for me at least, was that they kind of made new people go through a sort of hazing <laughs> where they made them watch this really fucked up short film called Cutting Moments. And okay. it's like, I mean, it's just like a couple that's having some domestic issues and it seems really normal until they start like just mutilating each other. She like cuts off her lips and then they like cut off his dick with hedge clippers and she cuts off her tits and stuff. Uh-huh. And it's really violent. Um, and normal people stuff, normal people <laughs> stuff, right? Where you go, you just come into somebody's house and they're like, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. And I was like, awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kayla, did they make you do that? 
I don't remember. Truly blacked out most of anything that happened between <laughs> 18 to 26 for me. But um, <laughs> I do remember. I mean, I for sure remember we would hang out there. So like this place we used to go had a community meal every Tuesday and we would stay up like all night long with a group of people watching horror movies just all night. And it uh, certainly I watched a lot of fucked up stuff. There. Yeah, it would become increasingly <laughs> fucked up sort of as the night went on. And I I contributed some of the fucked up stuff, I would say. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That would have been like prime. Um, I used to go to the Horror Hound conventions, and that would have been prime time for me going to those as well. Like I would have been like from eighteen to like twenty one. I went to those all the time. So yeah, so you knew all the good shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Kayla. Since I never freaking asked you this, and since it's October, the season of spooks. Yeah. What's your freaking favorite horror movie? <laughs> this this goes for uh, this goes for, uh, for you too, Candace. It's a tough question to answer because I feel like there are a couple different reasons why you watch horror movies, and there are a couple different types, right? So like mm-hmm. there are like the funny, like fun, goofy horror movies, and then there's also like ones that are like actually scary. But then there's also ones that are like super psychological, you know, twisted shit. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's, like, just dear to me because it was, like, formative, too. So I'm like, I don't know. Should I, like, I don't want to pick something right. that's too recent because I've got stuff that, like, is important to me. Right. It's kind of a, almost as hard as just picking a regular favorite movie. Yeah, you know, me and Kali were just okay. talking about this where we were like, like, if you ask me the movies I think about as being, like, my favorite movies of all time are probably, you know, stuff I watched growing up or whatever, but I think that I've seen better movies in the last couple of years, so, like... Yeah, what I like to ask instead is, like, and this is what I tell people, is, like, these are my favorite movies right now. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, like, my favorite movie right now is still Mandy. Yeah. Like, number one favorite movie. And it has been for a couple of years, and I know it'll be dethroned at some point. Yeah, yeah. that's solid, But, though. like... It's like a wrestling title belt. You wear it for a little bit and then you lose it. Oh, okay. I like that. I always considered Martyrs to be like my favorite horror movie, but I haven't seen it in so long. It's hard to even say. But I just remember yeah. I saw that at a movie screening first and then I seen it on DVD since. But um, I remember that movie being like I had never seen something so fucked up. Yeah. And, like, Hell yeah. And like also just proposing these crazy ideas yeah that one i remembered Mm -hmm. for a long time i said that was my favorite the orphanage i always go back to which i'm about to do on candace's podcast here soon yeah i'm so excited (laughs) fuck yeah yeah me and gabby rewatched martyrs sometime last year it's probably been like 10 years since i've seen it so i don't even know anymore but it was a very long time between screenings but we watched it again and I thought it held up really well. I had really? the same sort of feelings watching it as I did the la- the last time I watched it. Such a crazy. What year movie. is that from? I've not seen it. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Okay. Yeah. Who's 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 in it? Nobody that you would know. It's it's a French, French okay, movie. Wow, okay. French people. Oh boy. Okay. Never mind. Blah <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I will not watch. Dude, a it's movie insane though. From what I remember, I'm sure it's it absolutely is. Yeah, I'll watch GD it. bonkers. It is it is fucking yeah. bonkers. Apparently, they wanted Kristen Stewart to be in the remake. What? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh my god, no way. There's no way. No. No, that would be. They, they shouldn't also do it. just shouldn't. They shouldn't remake that movie. No. No. Yeah. It's a one and done. Anyway, um, Candace, tell us about your podcast. Okay. I host, I guess, technically, a podcast called Not Your Final Girl with two of my friends, and we just started out kind of talking about how... We just t- started talking about horror movies a lot with me and them, and eventually we were like, this is cool, we think we're really smart and funny, and we want to record ourselves talking and see if other people want to listen to us. So normally we... Oh, yeah. We pick two to three movies to talk about, usually on some kind of theme, but even when we don't have a solid theme that unites the movies, we end up sort of finding one, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool, and that's that's pretty much it. We're just, we, we started out in life being women who liked horror movies, and that's not, it's not seen as a common thing. It actually is really common for women to like horror movies, Yeah. But Totally. It's just not something that you yeah. necessarily find other people who want to talk about it with you. So It's the same like with the other subcultures we're part of, like with punk and stuff like that. Like yeah, all kinds absolutely. of women like punk, but we're just pushed out. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you, you kind of get the sense from other kind of fandom people that your opinions are not as cool or as, uh, or as yeah. informed or as valid <laughs> as theirs. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of started talking about that and talking about how we wanted to make a space to talk about horror movies with other women who like horror movies. And actually a lot of the people who have ended up becoming really into our podcast and being like our, our Mm -hmm. people that we interact with a lot are not necessarily women who liked horror movies who would have said that they were horror movie fans like before they started listening to us, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I feel like we've been convincing people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We've been, like, radicalizing Hell movie yeah. fans yeah. into horror. Yeah, yeah. I think horror movies, like, similarly to, like, wrestling, also had a reputation for a long time of being something that objectifies women. Yes. You know, like, especially mm-hmm. if you think about, like, the the classic slashers and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah, but what... Which but may have actually, pushed some people like, away. What people have liked about horror movies for a long time is that they are, as sort of a, a, a lesser genre, quote-unquote able to explore ideas and themes that other movies either won't get into or will do a really bad job of getting into because they're trying to be too serious about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm, that's fair. mm -hmm. Yeah, so we talk about a lot of queer representation and just, I mean, we've ended up talking about a lot of, like, disability narratives lately, which is interesting. Nice. Yeah, it's just, like, stuff stuff that other movies you don't normally see discussed in a way that's not annoying and kind of Oscar baby. (laughs) Hey, what movie did we see today? What movie are we talking about? So today we are talking about the 2014 movie Gone Girl. Oh, fuck. I just remembered. (laughs) Which was a pick from Candace. Candace, why'd you pick this movie? Well, this movie, for one thing, the screenplay was written by Gillian Flynn, who I love. She also wrote the novel Gone mm-hmm. Girl, and um, I love everything that she does. But have also, you read the book? She rocks. I have read the book. Mm-hmm. I did read the book before I watched the movie, which might kind of inform how I like took yeah. in the plot. But she wrote the screenplay too, so she was probably trying to do kind of the same thing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. also it just covers. Some stuff that is just my complete jam, one of them being true crime. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love true crime as a genre, but it's also, like, a whole problem. So I like yeah. that this kind of... Yeah. The story kind of 
addresses a lot of what is wrong with true crime <laughs> as a genre, and also <laughs> it has a lot to say about how miserable straight people are. Oh um, my god, yeah. Which also is great. I mean, straight, honestly, rich straight people, this is... <laughs> no, this is it's all straight about, people. It's all straight people. <laughs> it's probably true, you're right. Um, this does have a lot of the trappings of miserable, rich, straight people, which is a lot of fun for me. All right. So let's see. Let's go down the uh, cast here. Well, first of all, we got to mention the director, notable director, David Fincher, who has done just so many like gigantic movies. Seven, Zodiac, streak for Fight like Club, 10 years. Girl with Dragon Tattoo, Benjamin Button. He's done all this shit. Yeah. Hot yeah, director. And, and like the social network. Yeah. Big, big director. Uh, yeah, Fight Club. Disclaimer. But we don't get into that. <laughs> I think I hate David Fincher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why? You're listing off these movies, and I'm like, oh, yeah, these movies that got all these hype, and I didn't. It's weird. Like, they're, to me, they're like good movies, but they almost exclusively have extremely annoying fandoms. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. They're too mainstream. <laughs> Maybe. Seven rocks. Seven objectively rocks. Uh, Fight Club, yeah, we don't have to get into because I don't want to have to. Yeah, let's just not. I have not touched that memory of mine in a long time. Yeah, that would be a Kali formative film, I, I would imagine. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to open my diary. Uh, Zodiac rock. I like Zodiac. I think I, I Zodiac. tainted... The Social Network. I hated The Social I need Network. To I just it. rewatched it and I hated it. Don't rewatch you it. No, I like The Social Network. Oh I my hate God. Benjamin Button. I fucking hate Benjamin Button with the goddamn I passion. wanted to die. <laughs> I don't remember Benjamin Button that much, so. But that might be its own testament. Okay. It's not very memorable, but I do remember it because that night my car got towed out of the theater parking lot. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm mixed. I'm mixed on David okay. Fincher. Mixed reviews. All right, the rest of the cast. We have Ben Affleck from the famous Daredevil movie from 2002. Uh, <laughs> the <incredible>. formative movie. <laughs> formative movie. <laughs> we have Rosamund Pike, who was from Pride and Prejudice and the famous Doom movie. No, and also another formative movie, Die Another Day, okay. the James Bond oh, movie. Oh, yeah, she's a Bond girl. Um, we have Neil Patrick Harris from How I Met Your Mother, of course. Uh, Tyler Perry needs no explanation. Um, Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous. And we have Missy Pyle, who was in Ma, that we've done on the pod, and also everything. everything. <laughs> She's in fucking everything that's ever been made. Yep. <laughs> and notable music credit on this, uh, Trent Reznor did all the music. Yep, my dad. Colin's dad <laughs> from Nine Inch Nails. Um, all right, Kali, tell us what the critic scores are. All right, so with cricket scores this week, uh, we got Rotten Tomatoes coming in with an 87 a solid fresh, if you will. <laughs> and with uh, Metacricket doing a little 79, just a little tweak. And Google user, the wild card, our sweet babies, 88%. <laughs> Almost right in line with Rotten Tomatoes. That's a first. <laughs> yes. So that's a pretty unanimous posse. Yeah. Posse Mostly vibes pos- on yeah, this. Yeah, like, we got like a B, B plus kind of territory. Yeah. I take that home to mama. <laughs> That's my new catchphrase. No. <laughs> Please. Um, let's watch a trailer and then we'll get into it. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, 
disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Sammy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. Just being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Boy, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering to help find Amy. I will practice believing my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. You ever seen that guy in the glasses before? Amy is the kind of girl who attracts admirers. Whoever took her is bound to bring her back. I'm hoping you can tell me what this means. You want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer center. I wanted to help. What'd she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared, but we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Amy lost a lot of blood in there, then somebody mopped it up. Why would they mop up the blood if they're trying to stage a crime scene? Whatever they found, I think it's safe to assume that it's very bad. I'd finally realized I am frightened of my own husband. I would show you, as if you do in a deposition, what to say, what not to say. A trained monkey? A trained monkey who doesn't get lethal injections. She's going to eat you alive. You assaulted her? It's not good enough for you? I hit her? It's not even close. Absolutely not. I never touched her. We now believe Nick is involved in the disappearance of our daughter. Without a body, without a murder weapon, their only hope is a confession. You don't know anything yet? You need to tell me. How was your marriage, Nick? Are you asking me if I killed my wife? Man of my dreams, this man of mine may kill me. What about my son, Nick? This man may kill me. In her own words, this man may truly kill me. You ever hear the expression, the simplest answer is often the correct one? Actually, I've never found that to be true. Oh my god, I have to read some of these goddamn YouTube comments. <laughs> People are going crazy in these YouTube comments for the trailer. <laughs> oh, let me see it. <laughs> okay, first off, you have to wonder, what is the comment section of the Gone Girl trailer? Yeah. You know, sure. why, why yeah. are you commenting? Who, what brings you to that point in your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got someone here, Russell Flowers, six years ago, said, Having read the book, I'll say Ben Affleck should make a perfect Nick Dunn. That got 2,000 likes. Wow. <laughs> Philip E. Burbs, seven months, seven months ago, seven months uh-huh. ago, said, That is how you edit a trailer. I love that one. Kalani Kau- Kawandala said, The <laughs> ending messed me up so bad I literally wanted to scream. we're doing we're reading more youtube comments from now on yeah we are we never do this um i have to say (laughs) i can hear from these passionate gone girl fans absolutely i don't know how i feel about ben affleck i gotta be honest all right let's hash him out i feel like he's kind of a sad man and i just always see him as kind of a sad man okay (laughs) he is he is a sad he's like he's like known for being publicly miserable all the time. There's like a million pictures of him suffering openly. I would like to say that I adore Ben Affleck. Of course you do. Simply because he is now currently in 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 attainable hot guy status for me. You think so? I'm like I'm like, I could be as hot as that. You know? I guess. And that gives me hope. I would say I don't find him to be hot at all. <laughs> exactly. What? He's like, would you, Kayla, yeah. be honest, 
you date you date him. Absolutely not. There's no if way. He, well, okay, him, but with a different person. But you don't know who Ben no, Affleck is. I still wouldn't. Well, oh, come my God. I wrote in if my he, notes: thinking about Ben Affleck makes me anti horny. <laughs> wow. Wow, we got a anti Affleck. It makes my weenie shrivel up and go back inside. <laughs> he is yeah. on some level like I'm I gotta say I agree with this YouTube commenter that he's he's a good cast for Nick Dunn because he's someone who you could see how people would perceive him as a good looking guy and a charming person, but I would be like mm-hmm. Something about that is fucked up and I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> no, totally. I, I wholly agree with you that he is a I would do it though for sure. Once. Yo, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean he you did have a huge like. hog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. For all the huge hog stands. <laughs> what made my day. Um, all right, so the first thing that we notice about this movie is of course that it is two and a half hours long. That is oh boy. long and normally I do not tolerate that shit. Um, mm. over two hours. <laughs> Thank go you. Fuck yourself. Thank you. Yeah, what do you want from me? <laughs> Pay me. Pay me to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it did make it a little bit of a, like, oh, I have to, like, set aside a day for this movie. <laughs> yeah, you better, like... Oh, boy. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed about it, because that's not normally my jam. I'm, like, over anything over 90 minutes. Yeah, pay yeah. me by the half hour, man. Yep. But, you know, I think that's been, like, a, um, like... Around the time that this movie came out, that was getting like pretty normal, like having two and a half plus hour movies. Ugh. That's true. But I think there was some backlash and it started to not. It's going down again. As much. Yeah. This is what, like 2012? 2014. It's set in 2012, weirdly. Oh, thank you. That's where I was thinking <laughs> yep. of. Okay. Did any of you see this in the, the theaters? No. No. No, I watched it I after either. I read the book, which was like. Only a few years ago. Tight. I'd never seen it. And Kali, you'd never seen it, right? No, I was excited that yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, to watch it. I really was. Because, like, I'd heard all about it. I was excited because what my mom thought of it. My mom <laughs> is an HR, head of HR for, a hosp- for some hospitals. And she is short and gullible and sweet. <laughs> she hates swearing famously and calls it verbal pornography. Okay, sick. Uh, which tracks. <laughs> and so she, but she likes to keep up with things. Mm-hmm. But things are so filthy. Right. But she still likes to keep up with it. Uh, so when she read Gone Girl, she was ter- horrified. I remember her telling me about reading it, you know, probably like 2012 or something, and being like, it's just such a cynical view of marriage. It's, I, the, the people are so despicable. <laughs> and and it, like horrified her that that such uh, filth could be portrayed <laughs> in a story because it really is just about just garbage, unlikable, just yeah. scumbags. Yeah, everything is ugly and everyone is awful. Jillian yeah. Flynn really has this knack for when you finish her books, totally. making you feel like you need to take a shower and maybe move out of the country. Yeah, I have not read any of Jillian Flynn's books. I'm a total poser, but I have watched, like, all of her shows. Fucking Sharp Objects. Sharp objects. But she, she fucking rules. Yeah. She has a way of doing genre fiction in a way that it's not like, oh, it's elevated, but it's, like, really good. Like, and it, it sort of asks some questions about why you enjoy this particular genre fiction, Mm-hmm. Um, totally, totally. Which I really like. I had a quote from Jillian Flynn 
that said, like, I write for people who are readers the way that I'm a reader, and I don't care if I dislike a character. I care if I find them interesting or if they make me laugh or if I'm trying to figure them out. I'm always more interested in that. So that's what she wrote. Yeah. That definitely tracks. Yeah. And it's interesting, and it, like, does push you uh, in a certain way because I think it's natural for us to seek a protagonist Mm -hmm. or just someone to root for, someone to side with or relate to. And if you relate to, like, and I think everyone on some level innately does relate to this movie. I think your brain just kind of works that way. It's not, it makes you look at dark shit of yourself. And I think Jillian Flynn does that a lot. Yeah. um, In trying to get the, the viewer or reader or to reflect their own shit a little bit which sucks no one likes having their own like uh or or being like to be like self-critical or be like oh my god am i am i overbearing on my partner am i like alcoholic am i x y or z yeah like please do not please ma'am do not throw my own relational shit back in my face (laughs) exactly like (laughs) i'm just trying to relax but instead i'm uh just like wearing me out, yeah, and uh, with the anxiety. And both of these characters, like, I mean, the reason I, if you're right that you're looking for a protagonist, and both of the sort of narrative forces in this story are like mm-hmm. trying to get you on their side. <laughs> um, it's a little more prominent in the book because you hear a little bit more from Amy, but mm-hmm. they're okay. both kind of like, you should like me. I'm the one you should like. <laughs> right yeah yeah that's really fucking helpful really i'd like that because i am a uh famously i'm just this really obstinate like uh, me personally i'm very obstinate i don't like being told exactly what to do and if i feel like someone is telling like trying to get me on their side or trying to get me to buy something i will just like kick back and revolt and like fucking hate this and that is why I struggled with this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I fucking hated both of these people. I just, like, irredeemably could not stand them. It's so yeah. funny, too, because the way I feel, and sorry, I'm going to be annoying and be like, well, in the book, it's this way. But, like, in the book, Do it, it feels more <laughs> like they are happy in the beginning and that they are, like, a good couple. And then the movie, you watch them and you're like, fuck these people. Like, yeah. he proposes yeah. to her in front of people and says she has a world-class vagina. It was like, jail. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Not the, allowed. The dialogue between the two of them in this movie is absolutely cringe. <laughs> like, it is so yes! terrible. It's cringe! It is it's maximum cringe. And it's insufferable. Like, this whole movie is cringe. <laughs> it really is. Like it's and like everything is just an assault on your senses. You see their ugly ass suburban McMansion in Missouri, yeah. and you're like, yeah. no. <laughs> why? Why do you have yeah, it? Yeah, and they both it's, in it's, even in their like ideal life in New York, they both had like annoying media jobs where she's like, yeah. I write quizzes for women's magazines for a living. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, the scene of them meeting and like him trying to charm her or whatever. I I threw was up. So pissed off. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was so angry watching this movie. Yeah, you're like internally, you're like, you got to poke him in the eye right now. Like, you just got to poke him in the eye and run away. Oh my god, yeah. But she's like, oh, I'm into this, and you're like, what's yeah. wrong with her that she likes this? Honestly, yes. <laughs> Big cringe. So we Big should cringe. um, let's probably just like start at the top and actually like go through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
So actually, the very beginning, just setting up the scene here, I think we have to mention the music, which we already said was from Trent Reznor, but mm-hmm. it's like a little ambient, a little spooky. It's uh, pretty cool. That's its job. Yeah, I read that yeah. um, David Fincher got the like idea for this type of music specifically because he was at a spa where the music was meant to relax people, but he thought it was creepy <laughs> and it made him uncomfortable. So <laughs> uh, he told Trent Reznor to make the music as though it's passive and relaxing, but actually makes you feel dread. And I think mission accomplished. Yeah, that it, I mean... Totally. And it does, the music feels like it, it should be like bland, but it's it, it feels like something really bad's about to happen. Yeah. It's incredible. The music's outstanding. Yeah. And then the first scene that happens is like, Ben Affleck talking about, oh, whenever I'm with my wife, I think about cracking her head open and unspooling uh, her brain yes. <laughs> and trying to get answers. And you're like, all right, that's um, unnecessarily violent. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like seething with like contempt. Yeah. In a, in a kind of subtle way. Yeah, like way to open a movie, hachi machi. Yeah. Um, so it is July 5th, the morning of their five-year anniversary Let's see. Most of the movie is narrated by Amy, the wife, through her diary. Um, So we're like seeing a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of narration from her. Um, And one of the first flashbacks we get is to when they met, which we kind of talked about a little bit (laughs) in 2005 is the setting. Ben Affleck says, like, I'm the guy to save you from all this awfulness. Cut to him eating puss. (laughs) (laughs) I... It, it, this movie is an assault on the senses. Right. That's a perfect way to phrase it. I just felt... I, 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 I felt like... I was like, I didn't want this. This isn't what Nobody I wanted. Nobody asked for this. See, there are like a couple sex scenes and they're all like, please, God, stop. Like, there's nothing yeah. sexy about them. This should be... I, this should be hot. They are two mostly objectively attractive people. Like, it should be hot, and I'm just not getting, uh, let's say it what it is. It's horny. I'm not getting horny, folks. Yeah. 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 Um, Rosamund Pike is also, like, an incredibly beautiful woman, and she just plays yeah. The, yeah. her role in such a way that, like, you would, like, I would never dream of having sex Ever. with her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She just, no. like, just I, I mean, like, you could just hear it, like, in her narration in the trailer, where she just, she has this tone of voice that sounds... Like, I don't know how to describe it. It sounds like she's, I couldn't... like, it sounds like she's, like, a narrator for a documentary or something. She does not sound like a real person. And, dude, if you isolate her it. lines from this movie, like, I just watched the clip last night of the um, the cool girl monologue that happens later mm. in the movie. And just watching it isolated, I'm like, this is so cringe. Everything is so cringe. The dialogue is absolutely <laughs> unhinged. It's weird. The dialogue is insane, <laughs> but I the delivery is great. Yeah. yeah she, she's also extremely uh, British, so it's cool yeah. that she's like so good at doing American accent. It's true. She even does like a little southern accent in there. Mm-hmm. Convinced me. So we're on this day of their five-year anniversary, and uh, Ben Affleck comes home. The door is wide open. The cat's outside. Uh, and I'm having a pet peeve here because what happens is he brings the cat in and shuts the door. He finds the broken table. He calls the cops. When the cops get there, the front door is hanging wide open. 
And then they walk in, they leave the door wide open. What? Do people not shut the door when they come inside a house? People Why was never the door shut the wide door open? In movies? It like actually drives me insane because I am a person with a cat insane. who will escape. And I'm like, I know. I'm yeah. thinking like, about literally the cat. the cat escaped. I'm like, you're letting him out. Yeah. Like we just had the scene where the cat was escaped. Like now, why is the door hanging open? I don't understand. I like. Yeah. I, I hate this in movies. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I'd love to leave my door open. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't. I because I got two cats and I gotta, you know, protect them. But damn, you if just I could dream of having an open door all the time with like bugs all in your house. Yeah, letting the flies in. And yeah, shit. bugs in my. Well, I got like a I got like a a, a fly net or something. But I'm you know just. <laughs> Sitting out there playing the banjo or something. Oh, okay. Something cool. All right. Kind of like an Appalachia vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't play the banjo. Colin showing his Indiana. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it. I'm from Indiana. Sorry, I get it. <laughs> Pro open doors. <laughs> open doors are cool. It must be let the cat out. Uh, I will say his relationship with the cat is like my favorite thing in the entire movie because he just like sometimes just holding the cat like i'm like this is the only thing i like about him um at one point he's like in just in the shit and he like picks up the cat and he's holding him and he's like you have no idea do you yeah <laughs> and i'm like yeah i feel that relatable we love a cat so when the cops get there patrick fugit is a cop which i just thought was funny <laughs> <laughs> the cops in this movie none of the cops besides maybe the main detective look like cops like they're all like scrawny like wiener ass dudes <laughs> I guess that is true. I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Cops were cast weirdly. The cops do... This is... This movie is, like, not exactly copaganda in any way, too, which Mm -mm. is kind of cool. They, um... Which is just, I feel like, an aspect of true crime. Um, you... Like, if you consume enough true crime, you're like, cops are fucking worthless. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, They're very incompetent. They don't prevent crime. They show up, pretend to do an investigation... Go home, call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Fuck twelve, just to throw that. Yeah. Out oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's been, it's been said on this pod. <laughs> There's no not question only where are we they stand. like fucking uh, uh, terrorists, they're also inefficient at what they proclaim to do. Yeah, they're just True. bad at shit. In fact, like the main detective, like actually does notice things and give a shit, and it like, I mean, not to spoil, but like it, it's a negative to her <laughs> in her job. They're like, shut the fuck yeah. up. So. We got this house with one broken coffee table and a door open, and (laughs) therefore have come to the conclusion that Amy is missing. So whatever, we're getting their backstory. They've been in Missouri a couple years. Ben Affleck and his twin sister own a bar called The Bar, uh, which is now a real restaurant, apparently, in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Based off of this movie? Yeah, why would you? We want to go to the Gone Girl bar? It is where it, it was filmed. <laughs> they made it into. Did they just they built a, a bar, bar, so they were like, "Well, someone might as well own this bar now." <laughs> yep, pretty much. I mean, in a way, I like that. I wish every place were just a film set. That'd be very cool. <laughs> sure, I've gone to some of those like pop up things, and those have been pretty fun. I went to the Save by the Bell one, the Max. That rules. Mm-hmm. It wasn't where it was filmed, though. <laughs> I would never want to do a Gone Girl one no <laughs> no i don't want anything to do their bar with wasn't even cool the, <laughs> the they did not show much interior of the bar did they they showed a little bit like the very a, first like thing is him beginning. being in the bar yeah and it's just like classic bar like everything's made out of wood there's a bar top yes. and like tables and chairs and then there's board games behind the bar 
<laughs> children's board games us, and that's it <laughs> let us tour the freaking gone girl house yeah but even the house is like pretty boring the house like, is awful like i was so i was so upset every time they like showed like a wide shot of the house it is aggressively awful yeah it's just like a classic like clapboard suburban <laughs> house yeah. those pop-up houses yeah like way way too big for two people like what the yeah fuck? what are you doing in this house a balcony so we find out that ben affleck and amy have been together for a total of seven years however he knows absolutely nothing about her <laughs> he doesn't know Hell if she yeah. has any friends uh he doesn't know shit about her <laughs> really my man has checked out yeah <laughs> And he said she had no friends, but then a woman shows up and says that she was her best friend. Uh, so we get like our first, he might be lying or be mysterious or something kind of vibe, I think, when that happens. Uh, yep. yeah. yeah, inconsistencies. And when they go to the police station, his dad's there who has Alzheimer's and has escaped from his home. And mm-hmm. that just seemed like so random. Did it? factor i i'm it never I came back very... into play right the only thing i okay, think the you. only thing i think that it had to do with anything was that his dad is clearly a misogynist he's like you know calling all the women around him bitches and shit and like you know being like oh everything's these bitches fault that oh he yeah that, does... he's just like kind of an openly a hater of women i think so it's like oh yeah well, maybe nick hates women because his dad does but like what does that add to the story also, maybe like an indicator of like a bad childhood. I don't know. Yeah, it's not great. But later, freaking uh, Benny Affleck talks about becoming or his sister talks about him being just like dad. I guess so. But that was like in relation to like not being emotional cheating. or yeah, cheating or something like that, which wasn't what was set up in this scene. So. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to draw some freaking lines here. Are you going to just It reminded me of our last episode? When we did family, like how they also had Locked. like a random, my dad's an alcoholic and let's go to his AA rock band and never talk about it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, look, I like that thing. scene, okay? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to meet someone's dad in a movie. I guess so. It just seemed like... It was fine. At two and a half hours, uh, some things could have been cut and yeah, that was true. one of them, in my opinion. That's fair. <laughs> We're getting the Kayla cut? Getting the Kayla cut on that one. <laughs> Um, so going back to the diary, we get another flashback and, um, they're having a hot date at a Chinese restaurant and they have bought each other the same set of sheets. And now if, (gasps) if anything ever made you horny, sheets, (laughs) you know, those are for, that's how you know they're freaking, they're rich and dull as fuck. (laughs) They don't have any interests. You know what we do on this. You know which two things we do on this. That is like the main defining, like, what seems to bring them together is that they both like having sex. Like, they don't don't share any other interests together, right? Like, they both are writers, I guess, but they lose their job and that never comes up. Like, really? Literally all their dialogue early on is, uh, like, of their early relationship is just being coy. Yeah. And just being like, oh, is this the kind of help you needed up the stairs? And she's like, only if you could catch me. And it just doesn't make sense. They banter and fuck. I mean, (laughs) honestly, I don't know what else I want from a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I love constantly... (laughs) 
constantly being heightened at all yeah, times. Yeah, we must always be Waiting on. for the moment to pounce. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a scavenger hunt after that, an F in the bookstore. Gross. Yeah. Did not appreciate that. I think that's that. a crime. This is, uh, as a former bookstore employee, fuck you. Do not fuck in my store. I will kill you. Honestly. I thought this made me think, because I think it happens a lot in movies, people aren't out there fucking in public that much, are they? Not in bookstores. I, mean, I hope not. I've never... People fuck in places. I worked in a bookstore for a long time. As far as I know, nobody ever fucked in there. I used to work at the movies, and it was a regular occurrence for us. Okay, yeah. Movies well, are high that's different. Area. Yeah, I've, I've d- dabbled. <laughs> not to brag. Theater not to brag. <laughs> NTB. No, 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 no. But like, wow. What was I on about? Fucking in Never the movies. Never mind. I got derailed. Interesting. Uh, uh, change the subject. Change the subject. I feel I like it's more of like this. a teens thing. Well, that's when I yeah, did where, it. Like, yeah, like you have nowhere to go. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> yes. So you just do it in public. You places. are. That is exactly what I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but these are ding, grown ding. adults with their own bed that they even have nice sheets for, obviously, so... Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm... Th- that's on about. There's no reason to, to have sex at the freaking bookstore, because you you get horny at the bookstore, duh, and then you go home with the books you got from the bookstore. Yeah, where's the minimum wage you... employee isn't going to come around the corner and be like, oh, no. Exactly. And, like, in this day and age, like, there are cameras everywhere. I would not trust doing it in public Ugh. anywhere. <laughs> no. It just seems like they're an extremely boring and shitty couple, and one that you wouldn't want to spend yep. any time with. Even even in Amy's portrayal of them being super happy. It's like, we're so happy, all we do is just have, like, crazier and crazier sex, but, like, obviously that's gonna plateau at some point, right? It's also, like, Ugh. neither of them have, like, real jobs. The whole thing is built on a house of cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. Let's see, around this time is when they the cops find clue one envelope in the underwear drawer, which they refer to as the unmentionables drawer. Oh, you yeah. can't say underwear. Because <laughs> they'd be Southern. I like that. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, so they find clue one and yada, yada, yada. They find clue two, but uh, Ben Affleck acts like he doesn't know what clue two takes him to, but he actually does. And the cops are following him now. Yeah, I don't know why he just goes places like they're not going to follow him. And why didn't he just He's... tell them? Like, I, The whole thing is crazy. I have a theory that really clears his character up a lot. Go ahead. Okay. He's a himbo. <laughs> you know what? What's a himbo? He, goes, he vacillates between having the physique of a himbo and just being normal because I guess in the middle of the, um, in the, middle of the movie, he was bulking up for Batman. And right. so, like, in some shots, he's yeah. super, he's super, like, beefy, Cut. and in some, he's just a normal man, so maybe that explains why sometimes <laughs> he exhibits himbo behavior. <laughs> My man is dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> he's got nothing going on upstairs. Very little, very little cognitive activity. Object permanence, iffy. Yeah, it's uh, in that scenario. But he is hunky so look I, I kept looking at it and being like why does am i crazy or is his body changing in between scenes and it then is. i like looked it up apparently the wife did too a lot of weight loss and weight gain to be herself at different ages in the movie what or whatever. happened I don't in know. this movie <laughs> yeah there is like there's like it's like it's a point in the book that she does gain weight while she's doing her thing yeah oh okay i mean 
we'll get there, but she does at one point have a scene where she's like floating in the pool eating chips and shit, and then it's like, oh no, she's getting fat. Right. She never eat chips. Even her first runaway scene when she has like a hamburger in the car. Oh yeah, that's true. She's starts, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat like a regular person now. So people are starting to really observe Ben Affleck's character and judge him for smiling one time since his wife is missing. Look, yeah. you cannot <laughs> smile if your wife is missing. This is like such a true crime thing too because people are like, oh, well, they did this. Doesn't that seem strange yeah. to you? And it's like, you understand that the scenario where someone who is close to you is like murdered or missing or whatever is a really weird scenario. <laughs> like, how do you yeah. think that you yeah. understand how someone would act? Honestly. I would not be well. Yeah, everybody becomes like a behavior expert. It's fucking confirmation bias. It's just like you're you're twisting it in a way that supports your theory, right? Right. Or whatever you're positing. Yeah, exactly. And everybody yeah. thinks that he has probably killed his wife. Yeah, he's like being like friendly <laughs> yeah. with like a cute girl that was volunteering, and just like that's bad. You can't talk to people. That was a weird situation. It was weird. She was pushy. She was pushy. She was a little freak. Don't push on himbos. No. It's true. Leave the himbos alone. (laughs) They're just gentle giants. (laughs) So he gets sick of being judged so hard, and he yells, I'm so sick of being picked apart by women. And then we find out that he has a young baby girlfriend who was one of his students. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently, he's a teacher. And um, (laughs) Yeah, we never ever see him teach or anything right no he does not at any point during this go to work he owns a bar but he also apparently teaches classes i guess this is the summer so maybe it's just he's not okay okay yeah maybe i mean the last thing we hear about his jobs is that he's lost his job right and we never (laughs) it's not really like well that was in the recession right and they've been in missouri for two years but there was never really like a they always made it seem like he was mooching off of his wife, yeah. but she never got a job again, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a job. She just had a trust fund. But her trust fund got drained by her parents in the recession. Yeah. So she also is not rich. It's Missouri. Everything costs a buck. <laughs> it's true. She still had like a little bit of money. Like whatever like whatever like $8,000 was left in the trust fund was just getting them by so far. Just interesting. Yeah, so they have their they have their like ugly ass house that she got with her fucking trust fund or whatever. She didn't even need to work. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the, the money stuff. I doesn't guess so. Add though up. it does seem like um what they what another like aspect of suspicion, which is very frequently an issue in all these like just I don't know how to describe that like every like prominent true crime case that is like about like a married couple in the suburbs like this is just identical yeah. <laughs> to this story. Yeah. They're all the same, and one of them is that always the couple is deeply in debt. Deeply in debt, and then somebody's cheating. They can't help themselves. Yeah, it's hard. You know? She's very pretty. <laughs> I th- I think it's because most of the people in the suburbs are evangelicals, but... Yeah, that might have something to do with it. They're repressed. It might also be yeah, that they hate each other. Yeah, that's why they're popping off. Like yeah. this couple does. <laughs> yeah, they hate I mean, each well, other. that's what evangelicalism teaches, too. True. It's just like... If you're a man, you ha- hate your wife. He feels judged by his wife all the time, so he finds a like dumb young girl who doesn't have no thoughts so that he can just be with her. And also their only thing in common is that they fuck, too. <laughs> yeah. He has a type. They both fuck, they're both dumb. <laughs> 
Yeah, they like both we... fuck. They're both dumb, but one of them is judgier than the other. <laughs> <laughs> and this chick storms in the house and is like basically on top of him. Like, will not even listen to anything he's saying. She wants like it. his sisters in the other room. Like, hachi machi. The man's having a whole thing she going wants on. His poor fucking sister. Yeah. His twin sister this entire time is just seeing like more and more of the story and being like, bro, what the fuck? She's the protagonist. She actually is maybe one of the only likable characters in the whole Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Because she's just like, God damn it, my fucking brother the whole time. Yeah. That's her role. Like, I love you, but you're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she rules. Yeah. Sister's cool. So we go back to another flashback from the diary where they had a fight about wanting to have kids. And mm-hmm. Ben Affleck throws Amy to the ground. He throws her so easily. It's a little scary. Yeah. And uh, then she writes, I'm frightened of my own husband. And she's losing her mind. Um, and she buys a gun. And this is all according to the diary. Yeah. She's okay. like, yeah, I bought a gun because I think you might kill me. And like literally like the last line in the diary is like, this guy might kill me. Right. Ominous. And uh, they end up finding the diary later. Burned in the basement of Ben Affleck's dad's house, which was interesting. I'm gonna get into the diary mm-hmm. later because I have some thoughts, but I want to. But still readable. I want to get up to the twist. Fair enough. So yeah, we just get a few more like clues coming in. They loom in all the kitchen yeah. and find that there was blood everywhere. Interesting. Um, they have the vigil where the neighbor, <laughs> the neighbor like storms in and says, "What?" She like makes a whole speech. Excuse me, like. What did you do with your Mickey wife? Freaking Guerrero. <laughs> she was pregnant, and everybody. <gasps> oh yeah, another that another hallmark rocked. of the true crime case is an unwanted pregnancy, an yeah. inconvenient pregnancy Woo! at least. And they are one hundred seventeen thousand dollars in credit card debt somehow. Like, how do you even rack up that many credit cards? I don't know. We all been there. <laughs> I've certainly been in credit card debt, but I'll tell you, nobody would give me any more than what I had. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, can you give me some tips on how to get that sweet line of credit? <laughs> I can get you about uh, 15000 in credit card debt, and uh, then I don't know what to tell you to do from there. Yeah, the train <laughs> stops there, buddy. <laughs> and everybody's just trying to pin this murder on him. And it seems like he's starting to lie a lot. We don't know, like, who to believe. They bring in, like, he says he, uh, she didn't want a baby. She says he didn't want a baby. We don't know what's going on. They follow the clues to the last clue place, which <laughs> which ends up being the sister's barn, where he finds all the stuff that uh, they said was bought on the credit cards that he had never heard of. And it's like in this moment that we get the big twist. So spoiler alert, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, you don't want to know what the big twist is. <laughs> The it's quote big twist. Fine. <laughs> I think people know what gone girling is by now. <laughs> yeah. Just in case, um, she framed her own death. She or she framed him <gasps> for her own death. So as soon as this twist is revealed, I think the rest of the movie from here is just uh, one million plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still found it entertaining to watch, but you can't help but think about the logic. Uh, starting with looking in this barn where they have all mm. this stuff inside. Yep. There is a 65-inch TV, which Amy could not have gotten into that shed by herself. The police made no effort to interview salespeople or delivery people, and no one commented on like either this one woman taking like multiple trips or a large moving truck with helpers, 
all loading this stuff into mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. barn. I got right outside I, the I, sister's I some, house. <laughs> yeah, I got some rebuttals. I will. I will say that it seems weird that the sister did not at any point notice that yeah. a lot of stuff was appearing in that shed. Did she never mm-hmm. go in there? But I also kind of assumed that this is something Amy was doing over like a long period of time. Like she was just ordering stuff and kind of like stashing it in there. I guess mm-hmm. there is a huge TV. Yeah. But also the fact that the police don't interview anyone, I don't really think is a plot hole because often they don't give a say. fucking don't put in any work. <laughs> That's uh, on the basis of uh, police doing their jobs, which is which they don't questionable. Could be true. But if you just think like, well, I saw this credit card statement that from a joint credit card. Clearly, you bought all these things and you're bad. Like that just seems like you wouldn't look into that at all. I don't know. Interesting. He's not that smart. <laughs> yeah. He's a himbo. He's a himbo. Okay. Yeah, that is, um, sometimes the lead detective at one point says something like, sometimes he says things that sound stupid, but I thought maybe he's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you had it. Box of rocks. So they backtrack to the day of and start the story over, kind of showing how the wife orchestrated this whole scheme. So she's watching and reading a lot of true crime. Okay. I love they pan over like a bunch of true crime books she has too. And one of the, the most prominently displayed one is Helter Skelter, which I had to laugh at because I was like, that doesn't have shit to do with this. Like, what did you learn from Helter Skelter? That's hilarious. <laughs> so she has like a whole list of like things she came up with, like a checklist for how to frame her husband for her murder. Which inc- <laughs> included, like, befriending a local idiot, secretly creating money troubles. But they actually did have money troubles, though, right? Like, because they were both l- laid they off. They did have legitimate money troubles. So, didn't need to do that, but she did. Um, bumped up her life insurance, purchased a getaway car, faked a pregnancy using the neighbor's urine. Interesting. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> Drained her own blood to put it all over the floor which there was discourse about draining that much blood she probably actually would have died (laughs) no you keep she's so strong she can do anything (laughs) and then she faked the diary which invented like the whole narrative of him being abusive and all that kind of stuff dedication and then burned it so back to my (laughs) thoughts on the journal so they find this journal burned in the in ben's dad's house And uh, they don't think it's weird at all that for seven years she's avidly journaled uh, and it only takes up one notebook and they believe everything at face value. It does seem like a really convenient like set of descriptions too. Right. I don't know. Maybe she wrote other stuff in between just to just to dull it up a little bit. But seven years would have taken a lot of notebooks. Too. And they can yep. also age like ink on stuff. They would have been able to tell that it was all written. No, yeah. you're, again, the <laughs> cops aren't good at their jobs. Yeah, I will say this is something where I, I actually thought that in the book, the plot twist didn't like add up completely because it did not completely sell me on her being a complete fucking psychopath. Um, yeah. Like Nick's yeah. descriptions of her doesn't necessarily make her sound like she's that evil. And that's not, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the point. Like, I'm like, oh, the psychological profile is lacking or whatever. But um, yeah, it's true that I think no one could do this. I think you could not pull this off in real life. There's probably no way. Right. And they did have forensic people look at the handwriting. So 
you know, there is some precedent to say that they would have forensic people examine the ink. But also, I think it was so unnecessary because, like, they had real money troubles and he was cheating on her. So, like, that right there is motive enough. Like, you don't really have to, like, invent this, like, violent streak or whatever, right? Yeah, I kind of feel like in real life, if um, you had done this much extra work, you it, that is, like, ma- gonna make you get caught. Right, it's too extra. Totally. Yeah, you're trying too hard. It's too much evidence. I mean, in true crime, how many men kill their wives because they're cheating and they want to be with the other girl or whatever? I was gonna say, like, that's all you really need. Honestly. Mm-hmm. All, all you need time. to do is go missing and have a husband, and they're like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> it's, it's a very cheesy movie yeah yeah. absolutely and it's it's like i feel like it's supposed to be kind of the ultimate like holy grail true crime case like look at all these twists and turns and ultimately you have to say also that if this happened um you don't need the cops to be investigating it motherfuckers on reddit would be like this doesn't add up (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) it would be yeah, you. Uh, there's no way that this would go without, like, scrutiny. But we do have, like, the propaganda that seems to be on every single TV, uh, 100% of places, 100% of the time, uh, Missy Pyle's show. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, fucking Nancy Grace. God, yes. I have such an aversion to Nancy Grace. I don't know why, but for some... It's because she's a vulture. At one point, like, she just dominated one week of social media or something, and it broke my fucking brain how much Nancy Grace I watched in that, like, one fucking week. And ever since, it's just been, like, an open wound. Anytime Nancy Grace... (laughs) uh, And Missy Pyle did a great fucking job. She's awesome. Yeah. But I was just furious. I'm just pissed off watching this. Like, shut the fuck up! Why? You don't... You don't... (laughs) You're bullshit. It shows, like, sort of how people come out of the fucking woodwork being like, oh, I want to be involved in this, or like, I, you know, like, I, I <laughs> totally, see this guy going yeah. down, I want to get I in on it. I have an opinion. They kind of wrap it into, like, uh, white feminism, oh, too. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, and Amy plays that, as she's like, oh, I know I could be, like, the beautiful victim when, when no one's ever met me. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of getting her side of things now, her real side of things. She's on the run. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny that she goes to a gas station bathroom to dye her hair just like one shade darker of blonde. Yeah. (laughs) And then goes to a hotel room where she could have dyed her hair. I'm famously not a hair expert, but (laughs) I... uh... Yeah, that dye didn't do anything, did it? Because she just went blonde to, to blonde. It was like <laughs> you could cut it too. <laughs> that would. She took a little. She her. took a little off. She took like. She cuts like one inch of the yeah. ends off and dyes it one shade she, of blonde. She freaking darker. trimmed her dead ends. This is part of her fucking nefarious plot. She's like, I don't even need to change my hair that much, but I want to feel like I'm a spy. Okay, this, oh my god, this leads to a point that is, or broke my brain. What? Amy, on the run, watches the Nancy Grace show at one point with this this new friend she makes when she's living at the motel. Uh, What's the friend's Mm -hmm. name? I don't know. But they don't recognize her, is that what you're getting at? they're watching the fucking show! And purposefully, they, like, they never show fucking Amy's face on the screen while they're watching it together, coincidentally enough. Uh, but like, I think she leaves the room when her face comes sure. on screen. Just but by chance. I was just oh, like, God. "Oh, fuck you!" She's right there and does not look different. But 
She has glasses on and one shade darker of blonde hair. And she's wearing a fucking bandana all over her head like a goddamn freak. (laughs) Yeah, she looked dumb as hell. I was like, what are you trying to put out? You don't see people walking around with bandanas like that. And if you do, they are a criminal. Call the cop. No, don't call the cops. Call your parents. (laughs) Mom, come get me. They're gone, girling. Yeah. No sane person wears yeah, a bandana um, like that. She's also like at a CD motel in the Ozarks. So like everybody there's a criminal. True, true. And ew, she hits her own eye with the the little like ball peen hammer oh, yeah, or she whatever. She has a black eye so that they'll be like, "Oh, she's abused." A hundred better ways to get that effect than actually hitting yourself yeah. with a fucking hammer. Again, Makeup, They're hello. just two <laughs> dumb, unlikable people. Yeah, no, the whole time she she seems like she's real fucking high off her own genius. Like, she's like, oh, look what I've done. She is. She's never been hornier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me the hammer. <laughs> she, she has actually, she's way hornier for framing her husband for a crime than she has ever been for actually fucking him. Yeah. Totally. Yep. That's her fetish. I think yeah. it's her fetish. <laughs> As we find out later. People, yeah, I was going to say, they sort of posit that. Um, also have to note her calendar that she makes. Oh my god, I wrote in my notes that I love her murder calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Literally has written down every single step of faking her own death. So if anybody finds it, that's not incriminating. But also <laughs> the post-it note that says, kill self, question mark, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that yeah. one. <laughs> uh, gives herself a couple options on that one, which is smart. <laughs> Yeah, you always want to give yourself an out. Yeah, for sure. I loved that. So, like, her first plan was that she was going to frame her husband for murder and then kill herself, which seems like... Why do it in the first place? Yes! Why? (laughs) I mean, that's such a, like, just purely out of spite. She just, like, wants him to swing. Just so unhinged. And I don't know when this happens, but at some point we get the... um, flashback of her catching him cheating on her with his baby girlfriend outside of the bar because they were on a date they were on so, a date at the bar hold that on. he owns. owns with his sister was his sister <laughs> not there because she didn't seem to know that he was say, cheating how did his sister not know <laughs> oh man yeah he doesn't yeah. sound like he's very good at keeping things wow secret. no he sucks yeah. Yeah, he's, so he's dumb <laughs> Also, this movie doesn't make sense. This He's is great. a dumb, sad himbo. <laughs> yeah, it, that really that I, I realized that at the end of the movie, and once I was upset, I was upset that I, I, I realized it so late because it really finally made me empathize with him. I was like, "You're dumb." That what? That he's a himbo? No, I'm not. Famously, not a himbo. I'm just a. What's the dumb part? <laughs> Bo. Wait, what makes you not a himbo? What? Wh- which part do you not have? <laughs> I don't have the hunk part. I just got the dumb part. Colin, I gotta I, say, you might be a I'm himbo. I'm a hunk in training. <laughs> Trust me, I'm trying to get... You might be a himbo. Trust me, I would kill to be a himbo. I don't know what, like, I don't know what level of bulk you have to have before you can be a himbo. That's what I'm saying. Than just a dumb guy. <laughs> Colin's got big muscles. I got medium muscles. We don't have to talk about no, Colin's muscles. That's weird. What we can talk about is... Uh, ben Affleck going to the lawyer now to help him oh get God. off scot-free. Tyler Perry yeah. is fine. Also, <laughs> this is just a funny um, filming note. Ben Affleck flies to New York, I think, to meet mm-hmm. this lawyer. And at some point when he's in the airport, 
Missy Pyle's show, of course, is on playing in the airport for some reason. And uh, his face is shown, so he puts on a baseball cap. And apparently, production on the film had to be shut down for four days because Ben Affleck refused to wear a New York Yankees baseball cap. Oh boy. That good old socks. <laughs> Go socks. Uh, oh, right. And they eventually compromised and he wore He's a Mets a big cap. big old fucking Red Sox. Go socks. Oh, my God. It's a character, I guess so. Go socks. Honestly. <laughs> the Bostonian actor said to Fincher, David, I love you. I would do anything for you, but I will not wear a Yankees hat. Oh, my God. Wow. boy. Shut down production for four At days. Now that is some boy. diva level shit. This is like this is like the one circumstance where I think directors should be more abusive. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's fucking insane, dude. That's insane. Like, just kick it, man. I yeah. respect it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> I love Colin always respects when men are shitty. Not always. Just, I think you just like super caping for Ben Affleck in this. <laughs> And that's I... fine. He needs he needs a champion. <laughs> Colin just wants Ben Affleck to be his friend. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I would love that. Oh, I would pick up smoking. I'd pick Called up it. cigarettes for him. <laughs> I would not go back to drinking. I'm sorry, oh, Ben. You guys but... could be sad boys together. Man, we would just listen <laughs> I to hate this. That'd be like, a downgrade. the Cure and play N64. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> we'd be fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, back to the movie. Um, we learn about how Amy had a string of ex-boyfriends or whatever who, quote, assaulted her. Mm-hmm. But now that we know she's framed Ben for her murder, he is going to get their stories. So um, apparently she accused one, uh, falsely accused one man of first degree felony rape where he was facing 30 years to life. And he was able to plead down to sexual assault one with no jail time, which is something I love about our criminal yeah, justice system. Yeah, the most system. realistic thing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so now this man's a sex offender for life, and he's having trouble. And we love okay. to see representation of women falsely accusing men of rape, too, uh, which, as we know, is true and happens. This was a big <laughs> fucking issue, yeah. And that is sarcasm, just in case that wasn't clear. First, for some point, uh, he was like, I haven't had a job in eight years. Man, how did you buy the drink at the bar? Yeah. Like, what have you been doing? I had more questions. I know. What do you... What have you been up to? Also, Eight sex years? offenders do get jobs, have to say. I was going to say, yeah. like Yeah, this guy was exaggerated. I no. mean, probably her being able to pull the stuff off with anyone who's ever wronged her makes more sense in the context that she's a rich person with a trust fund. Totally. That is true. So yeah. she's just kind of going through life doing whatever she wants. Um, something that... Yeah. Uh, seems a little suspect is that he, her husband, seems to have not noticed this tendency in her to be a stone fucking cold psychopath <laughs> until she okay. frames him for murder. Uh, Candace? Yes. Would my man pass an eighth grade math test? <laughs> <laughs> See, this might be some of the, this might be some of the straight representation going on in this. That, yeah, he just, he's never oh, yeah. noticed anything about her <laughs> other than what pertains to no, him. No, because... No, because he's never Other done than any... that she has a world-class vagina. He the world-class vagina. <laughs> oh, hachi, machi. Um... He later describes her as having uh, the ass of a 20-year-old stripper, oh, I believe. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> which we all know exactly what that looks like. Oh, I sure yeah, do. sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, in the scene with the guy who she accused of rape too, um, he kind of says something like, well, she just had a lot of expectations and I knew it wasn't going to be easy, so I kind of backed out. And I mean, if you've ever dated a straight man, I kind of feel like there is a moment of like being enraged. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. okay. It's too hard for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're talking to uh, the epitome of that rage of <laughs> being like, what? You, I'm too fucked up. I'm the troublesome one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, it's totally self important. They never, it's dudes who have never done any actual critical self-analysis that allows them to empathize with their partner and like actually connect on any fucking meaningful level other than uh we like to fuck real good and we dinner together because mm-hmm. that's like all straight people are told like fucking love is yeah that is straight culture yeah so you see where these things happen that justifiably make her enraged <laughs> and and because she yeah. has no ability to empathize, apparently, she just does what, I guess, probably most straight women do want to do to their shitty partners. <laughs> yeah. She's pissed off about that cool girl thing. She's like super pissed off about it because she chose to remain a size two through her whole life, so she's just so fucking hungry. And, Ugh. you know, I kind of read some stuff about it where they were saying, like, that it is sometimes a thing where, like, straight women... Uh, straight women in particular, feel like to mm-hmm. impress men that they need to like kind of mold their interests to meet the man's interests to appear cool. Or like, I can drink beer, I can watch the game, you know, I can be totally. cool and, uh, you know, be complacent and never <laughs> bring up anything that's bothersome or uh, address any of your abusive tendencies. But like men never get that same thing. Uh, like you don't see men like taking up knitting or, yeah. <laughs> you know, no. or getting like the apple teenies or something yeah, like, yeah. to impress to impress women. Like, uh, and this is strictly speaking of straight culture because um, those things are all straight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that maybe this time with this man who she framed for rape, like that was a time where she's trying to be herself and meet in the middle and he's not having it. And, and so she frames him for rape. Yeah. Yeah. So she does. Um, Jesus. Hate it. Yeah. Not great. So we pass Ugh. by the bar again, which is now bopping because now everyone thinks he's a killer. It's a hot spot. That's also a straight culture. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Yeah. We love patronizing killers. I will. Sp- I, that's a part give where I. killers more money. Yeah, we love to give suspected murderers money. Look, I try to not dabble in that, but as a straight person, I just can't, you know, can't fight it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's hard. You got to get those Gacy prints, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the detectives are starting to get fishy over how easily all the clues are fitting together. What else? The wife's in the Ozarks and the neighbors see her fat wad of cash that she's carrying. That she just around. drops on the ground. <laughs> Oopsie. I mean, they're incompetent. They're just, they're goofballs trying to get yeah, along. She doesn't get as much credit for being stupid. No. this Why is, did she this even movie... befriend them in the first place? First like, of all. I'll talk to people. <sighs> You're on the run. Stupid. Yeah. This is like a freaking raising Arizona in the <laughs> sense that it is just two total dummies. Yeah. Doing like illegal doing things. Crimes. Doing yeah. illicit things. 
Because then the, and, the neighbors steal her money, and the first thing she does is meets Neil Patrick Harris at a casino, historically the most videotaped recorded places on very Earth. True. She very true. Very true. Oh, yes. I didn't even think yes. about that. That's also, she she meets up with Neil Patrick Harris because she's decided that she's not actually going to go through with killing herself, surprisingly. Yeah. She says, why should I have to die? I'm not the asshole. Sure, yeah. Uh, took you this long? Yeah, yeah. love that. <laughs> Honestly, and she loses her her only fallback was this one wad of cash yeah, and, and that the, she lost, yeah. and now her whole plans in the wind. Yeah, the, her her new friends fucking <laughs> fucking took off with it, and good for them. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, I love. Yeah, that. so she has to come running to Neil Patrick Harris, um, who I guess is one of the former boyfriends that she accused of doing horrible things to her. And guess what? He is psychotic. Yeah, he actually um, is he's horrible. off. From the get-go, yeah. (laughs) He's off from the get-go. He's a very creepy, uh, I don't know. You don't really know at first, like, what's his deal, but he is, something's wrong about him. Unsettling. Which I would say is true in real life, too. Yes. It's his face, something about it. (laughs) I just saw him on this TV. Have have y'all watched that? Um, What's that uh, organizing show that's on Netflix now? The Home Edit? No, I don't know. I'm (laughs) anti-organizing. I just watched this show, The Home Edit, which is like a reality show of these two people that organize people's houses for a living. And he was one of, like, every episode they weirdly have a celeb who needs their house organized. Um, And he was one of them. He was one of the celebs, the and I'll tell you. He did not need it organized. No, he was way. off. He was off. I don't know, man. The man's weird, and I just don't trust his vibe. Yeah, you know why? Because <laughs> he was a child actor. Yeah, maybe uh, true. And maybe, like, yeah. years of playing a straight man is, could like, a, instilled, like, a se- self-hatred thing in him, too, probably. Yeah, it could have fucked him up. Ugh, don't love. Hmm. Um. Anyway, he also says when they're at uh, his guest house or wherever she's staying, you're more than safe here. I'm not letting you get away again. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, he never tell is, someone that they're safe. Captive. <laughs> that's just straight people. So what happens? He's a full psychopath. The cops get a call about a suspicious character near the sister's shed, so they arrest the sister and Ben. Uh, later on, both get arrested yeah. for murder. I just don't really see how those things add up. Doesn't seem like enough evidence for anything. Okay, so you bought stuff on a credit card. You didn't buy murder tools. <laughs> this is like a whole thing because as, as a longtime consumer of true crime, very rarely yeah. does anybody get arrested for murder when there is not a body. Because apparently mm-hmm. juries are kind of just like that, where there's like a whole they said yeah, there's like a whole yeah. object permanence kind of thing, where they're like, well, I don't see them; they are not dead, so therefore, like, I, I don't know if they're dead, so <laughs> you can't prove they're dead. Yeah, Schrodinger's body. Yeah, so it doesn't track for me there. Then we cut back to Amy. What's going on with her? She's setting up Neil Patrick Harris for rape again. This is classic Amy shit now. <laughs> this sucked to watch. <laughs> this whole scene is like yeah, so like fucking gross and like tawdry and personally the whole the whole murder scene, love it. Yeah? Oh yeah. It's it's pretty. It is It's gruesome. Yeah, it's jarring. I mean, we're just going to go ahead and jump all the way to the death scene. Well, first first she like goes through the day where she, she um, untucks his shirt so that he'll walk out of the house on camera and tucking his shirt in. And then she spills wine all over her dress and cries at the window so oh that the camera will pick up her looking like she's bloody and crying. She binds her wrists to put like ligature marks on her wrists. And then she like 
fucks herself with a champagne bottle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate that. Hate all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's very disgusting and uncomfortable. Yeah. Weren't there cameras everywhere, though? Only on the outside. Oh, I didn't... Yeah, so she's freaking... trying to play at the cameras, try to get them to, like, kind of shape her narrative. Let's get through the his death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I have a note on the cameras. So he comes home, and basically she fucks him to death. <laughs> well... She fucks him right to she death. She fucks him, and he's like, I'm gonna come, and then she slits his throat and keeps fucking him while he's dying. You know what? What? If you're gonna go out, is that really the worst way? I think it made him pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, because you're already do doing it. that. You've already got that, like, rush of blood every, like... You know what? You're, like, your you're, uh, freaking serotonin is rushing because of the... I don't want to say it because I'm not a freaking raunch monster, but it starts with an O. <laughs> Apparently also, orgasm. she practiced slitting throats of pigs to get the slit. <laughs> get the sl- No, yeah. are you fucking wow. kidding me? She went to a butcher wow. and slit a bunch of pigs throats and she's like, I'm just slicing all these throats. And then I realized like, oh, there's like customers in here coming to just like get their, you know, ham hock or whatever and i'm just back there well, slitting just be seeing roseman pike like in there like going yeah. fucking nuts on the and pigs she's like people probably thought it was insane but it didn't even occur to me that's the uh, dedication she also mentioned on several talk shows that she bought a dora the explorer doll and tied it okay. to a post to practice fucking this doll and slitting its throat oh wow why dora the explorer I have no idea. And why the fucking wooden stake pole that she used, I don't know. It does not make sense to me. Wow. (laughs) Actors, they're just like us. (laughs) She kind of seems a little unhinged. I love that for her. Um, This suit is so fucking gruesome. (laughs) I don't know. Blood everywhere. So much blood. And then we get a, a tiny weenie shot. Uh, right before the end of the scene, too. And I didn't know if that was the weenie shot in question. Uh, when I told Colin that we were doing this movie, <laughs> Colin mentioned that there was a peen scene. No, I did not expect to see his weenie. Yeah, there's, I was surprised. there's multiple weenies, actually, in this. Yeah. I was happy. Multiple schlongers. <laughs> but, however, she has full underwear on the entire time they're fucking somehow. Which I just thought was interesting. Yeah. She never takes her underwear off, and they don't even look like they've been pushed aside or anything. She's a never <laughs> no. nude. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) She goes back home covered in blood, and now she has to, like, undo everything she set up and, like, remake it into a new lie. Yeah. She saw a boy on the news um, on the talk show talking about how much he loves his wife and stuff, and she was like, that seems nice. I'm ready to go back. Yeah. I forgive him. And she got out her fetish on another man. Yeah, that's true. She did get to kill someone. And that was her goal, ultimately. It kind of does seem like she just wanted to kill someone the whole time. A super fucking psychopath. Yeah. And she got to pull like a J. Walter Weatherman on her husband. Teach him a lesson. <laughs> yeah. So from here on, it's just even more plot holes, I would say. Oh, the end is wild. Yeah. Her story is that Neil Patrick Harris was keeping her tied up captive and raping her, and she killed him Jesus. during the rape or whatever. And, uh, but like, how did she get the knife if she was tied up? Comes up. Also, She's at the hospital, so they've clearly done, like, you know, a rape kit probably and tested her for stuff. Um, They would have noticed that she wasn't pregnant uh, and also didn't show signs of a miscarriage. And the pregnancy was a big clue or whatever in her missing person case. So it's interesting that they didn't notice that. Also, she 
tells them to find the camera footage of Neil Patrick Harris's the things that she set up earlier. But if they found the camera footage, they also would have seen her walking into the house on her own free will before she found out there were cameras. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like the the whole like likelihood of getting, of being able to get away with faking your own death, that's already bad and fake. Um, Yeah. Trying to come back from faking your own death. And now she's like hodgepodge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, even if the cops didn't figure it out, which, okay, maybe they wouldn't. um, I'm just saying people on the internet would super figure it out. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Also, like, since she is now alleging that uh, Neil Patrick Harris abducted her from her home and that was the abduction that happened i mean he wouldn't have had time to clean up the blood she doesn't know what he was doing at that time because it was days earlier right and he seems like a businessman he probably has a cell phone he seems busy he probably has an alibi or at least they can probably track where he was via his cell phone at the time of the kidnapping and just clear Mm -hmm. his name so like uh, all of this would just get like totally unraveled instantly i think (laughs) yeah it's not without a doubt like it's a plot twist that like it's a good one in that like you know it's it like manipulates you emotionally into like believing something else and then it's like psych motherfucker but it does a good job at surprising you because it does not work (laughs) right it doesn't actually hold up and i still i did find it still like entertaining to watch but it is like none of this Adds up. Yeah, I do feel like you you just have to suspend really. your disbelief on the on the actual detailed plot shit because it's actually a story about straight people hating each other and manipulating each other <laughs> and um, maybe also what attracts people to true crime and stories about straight people that hate each other. Yeah, they just like to watch the car crash or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's just a great it's a great train wreck to watch. <laughs> and it seems like. Um, she's just gonna go back to, like, living her normal life, and, like, nobody, the police seem to think they can't do anything about it, um, and Ben is kind of trapped or whatever, and we find out that she is actually pregnant, but, like, how is never really explained? She like, did not explain how. She didn't, they, they didn't Whose fuck. baby is it? Yeah, no. he, um, apparently he was going to a fertility clinic, but, like, he was like, I thought they threw away my jizz, and yeah. maybe they didn't, maybe she got it. Got pregnant but that it? just would have been old as hell by that point. Yeah, right? right? Be some some, some crusties. <laughs> so the whole shit is fucked up. And she's like basically like forcing him to stay with her, which sucks. I don't know. It blows. Yeah, and she says to him like, you know, well, you want to stay with me because the version of yourself when you were trying to make me happy is the best version of yourself. And she's like, do you think you'd be happy with a good Midwestern woman? No. You like me because I'm crazy, basically. <laughs> can't handle me at my making annoying elaborate scavenger hunts you don't deserve me when i'm framing you for kidnapping and (laughs) killing me yeah it's something like that i don't know i mean he could have at least like bugged his house or something to like get her put away i don't know oh yeah yeah that's when that's when the second peen happens though because they she makes him go in the shower with her because she wants to make sure he's not secretly recording her (laughs) and we get just a hint of a peen shot of old Ben Affleck there. And just for the record, you can find just the weenie shot, of course, on Pornhub if you need to look it up. If you really want <laughs> it. If you need it. 
I get it if you need because it. Because it happened so fast that I didn't even remember seeing it. And I was like, wait, did I miss the weenie shot? So I did actually have to look it up to make sure I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find it. It's out there. He's got a big old hog, yeah. but it's oh, a split yeah. second. It wasn't even worth it for him to be naked. I don't know. Could have been cut. It was his final himbo form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the very last scene that happens is the same as the opening scene that was him like uh, cuddling with her and talking about bashing her skull in. Uh, roll creds. That's it. Now I might kill her for real, for real. We can only hope <laughs> that one of them dies. Please, God, please. Well, hopefully both of them, right? <laughs> yeah one or both so yeah is there anything we missed in the movie anything we need to talk about still it's just about it's just about being straight it really is pretty much and having no personality (laughs) having no personality and maybe how much the rest of us like watching when that all kind of falls apart and ends in (laughs) gruesome murder shit yeah i do anyway and i can't speak for anyone else um, so what would we uh, rate this out of five? Because I think I'd go like three and a half. It gets two stars for me. It was well executed for the most part. Like I, Fincher is, if nothing, a competent director. And so, you know, I did, despite my rage, find myself enjoying parts. And it, it took me a while, and it was near the end that I kind of bought into the schlockiness of it. Yeah. And I really started to enjoy it. Yeah, I just, I love the schlockiness. It's um, like, yeah. <laughs> What you guys are saying about how horrible a lot of the aspects of the plot in this are, like, absolutely, it's part of the fun for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just over the top. It's just fucking wild. Yeah, and that has, like, that has value, you know? Oh, absolutely. Bad yeah. stuff can be good, too. Yeah, I mean, like, it's super pulpy. It's, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's genre fiction for sure. There was, like, Lifetime aspects. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Lifetime has its merit, you know? Uh, I don't watch Lifetime much anymore, but there certainly was a time that I did. Gosh, what am I going to say? I might also go to... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was entertaining enough, but it was long. The dialogue was terrible. There was a thousand plot holes, and I don't like Ben Affleck, and therefore... <laughs> It gets a two for me. <laughs> Would we recommend this to other people? Not usually. <laughs> I think I have to say no. I made you guys watch it. Um, yeah. But that's because you guys have a movie podcast and you're down yeah, with watching. Yeah, this is our job. You're down with yeah. watching yeah. movies. Yeah, it's your job. We watch all kinds of terrible shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Kali, what would you say? Yes or no? I'd say watch it once once, and never watch it again. Watch it and fast forward to the penis and pause it and then turn yeah. it Yeah. Well, you can Done. just go on Pornhub. You don't even have... Because you have to rent the movie. It's like you can get it for free. It's for the experience. Why- why buy the cow or something? <laughs> um, Colin literally tweeted, this was the worst <laughs> fucking movie he'd ever seen I, <laughs> earlier I hated today. It. <laughs> this viewing experience was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It is very unpleasant. <laughs> um, this is where, yeah. when you ask, like, if, you, if, if we would recommend this, I'm like, I try not to recommend movies to people because the movies I like are often extremely unpleasant that's fair (laughs) like this is not by a long shot the most unpleasant movie i love so uh, yeah consensus is no (laughs) it seems like yeah (laughs) i do recommend the book i think the book's a really fun read um even if you don't like super unpleasant shit now it's time for screen vomit So in this part of the podcast, we just chat about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. Um, so, Kali, mm-hmm. what have you been watching? 
Oh my god, I watched The Cell. Oh yeah. Oh, I yesterday. watched that recently too. <laughs> uh, How did that go? <laughs> that was just a that was not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It's a movie that I it's a 50% movie. Mm-hmm. Like I give it what so that's what two and a half stars sure because it's just tried for something it had an idea it had an ambition but it was just not right in execution j-lo sure. looks good though she looks really good she looks outstanding we can watch just, hustlers she... to see hot j-lo though true there's other hot j-lo uh, available yeah this was pretty <laughs> pretty dumb tbh there's, there's like there's good costuming though that's like actually the best part about it oh I yeah think, like vincent d'onofrio and his like various crazy uh, form he's i love vincent D'Onofrio. yeah very fucking settings are wild visually stunning if you will but it uh doesn't make a ton of sense it's also one of those movies <laughs> that's like this poor serial killer he has to kill people he has to kill and <laughs> yeah, torture yeah, yeah. women and you're like it's okay. pretty crazy yeah <laughs> candace what have you been watching i watched cam this week um, on oh, you did? That's been on my list. I want to do that for the pod one day. Yeah. It's been on my list forever. Um, yeah. I thought about, you know, I thought about doing that one, and then I was like, that would be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you couldn't pass up an opportunity to recommend Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm kind of the asshole that way. But <laughs> um, I'll be happy when you do, Cam, though. That one's... um. That that one is really cool. Like, I mean, honestly, that one, the plot made me a little infuriated because I was like, yeah. what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on? Um, <laughs> but it's really cool. Like, it's it definitely did its fucking homework on the ins and outs of camming and sex work. I thought that Sick. was that was pretty cool. And, like, all the characters are, like, really compelling and likable for the most part. And um, it honestly, the real horror in it is from some of the shitty aspects of sex work honestly more Mm -hmm. scary that Mm -hmm. stuff was than any of the weird creepy supernatural question mark elements of it yeah i say supernatural question mark because i had no fucking idea what was going on with that part of it i was like this doesn't i don't (laughs) understand i don't understand sounds tight (laughs) it is really good though i can't wait to watch it it's been on my list the other thing that i would really recommend i guess is blood quantum on shutter if you have never it, heard of that one it's like a native zombie movie oh cool it's rad i don't know it's just a weird fun movie and i haven't ever seen anything quite like it yeah sounds cool kayla i've been watching i watched through the show sex education have y'all seen or heard of uh Lindsay loves it. i have yeah. heard of it and i love jillian anderson so yes someday I should watch it i actually this is a show that i started watching a long time ago well i watched like five minutes of it and was like this is not for me but I've had so many people recommend this show to me that I I was like I have to push past that five minutes and like give this a chance because so many Mm -hmm. people have said that this is a great show I really need to and guess what it's a good show (laughs) (laughs) my main issue was like I don't love stuff that's like centered on sex um for me that's just that just ain't it Mm -hmm. and especially this is teen sex which is another level of, uh, I don't know, not for me. Um, (laughs) But the premise is that this kid, his mom is played by Jillian Anderson. Okay, yeah, love her. Hot babe. And she she is a sex therapist. And he starts doing like sex therapy for kids at his school and like getting money on the DL. (laughs) 
Wow. Um, but it's actually it's actually pretty sick. And like as far as teen TV goes, like I've said on this podcast a lot of times how like harmful I feel like most of teen TV is because it's so like toxic mm. relationships and like just terribleness. Um, but this show actually like the stuff that this kid is doing is like teaching people how to have healthy boundaries and like have good communications with their partners and Hell be yeah. safe and stuff like that. So like it actually is pretty sick. And um, yeah, haven't really seen anything else like it. The main girl looks just like Margot Robbie. So that's pleasant. Yeah. The only thing I would say there's two seasons on Netflix right now. Uh, the very ending of the second season, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say didn't love the way that they ended that season. Other than mm. that, good show. Recommend. Hell yeah. Candice, you have plugs? I do. Yeah, I host a podcast. It's called Not Your Final Girl. And we are, um, I mean, I talked about some of the movies that I have been watching that I'm not talking about on the podcast, but if you want to hear me talk about more movies, then you can hop <laughs> on over there. Um, I talk with some of my other friends uh, about, yeah, horror shit. I'm going to be on Candace's pod sometime Hell in yeah. a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll yeah. be, we record so far ahead of time. I don't know when Kayla's episode will come out, but we are recording in October, so. I'll talk about um, it once it's out. Yeah, that one. I cannot wait to do that episode. I'm so pumped gonna be to talk fun. about those movies. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. You have to, you have to listen. But yeah, you can, um, whatever. Oh, like, yeah. we're on Facebook and Instagram and all that shit. We're like NYFG Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're Not Your Final Girl on Facebook. And we have a Facebook group called Not Your Final Girl Gang where you can just pop in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. And we'll be really excited and jump in and talk about it with you. I mostly ask questions yeah. there, but sometimes other people do, and it like makes me, it makes my day every time they do. Aww, love to have engagement from the audience. I love talking. Love I it. love talking to the people <laughs> who like to listen to me talk. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, was that it for you? I think that's about it. Uh, yeah, like and subscribe, babies, to both Candace's podcasts and ours if you haven't yet. Um, yes. yeah. <laughs> and um yeah you can find us on all the things of course at screen vomit one word give us a five-star rating on your podcast app we haven't had a new rating in a while and i know that we have new listeners so i see you um please validate me yeah. um also <laughs> also if you like us tell a damn friend all right we got to talk movies. And you can send us an email at ScreenMomentPod at gmail.com or tweet us with Hell your yeah. thoughts on this movie or other movies. Next week, we're going to be watching the 2016 movie Shin Godzilla. And we have a guest oh, on wow. who is a bit of a Godzilla expert. So this is going to be a really fun one. Hell yeah. All right. And that's all our plugs for us. Um, thanks, Candice, yeah. for joining us on the pod. Of course. Thank you for having yeah, me. Thank you this so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for watching a movie that you both hated. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time. We've certainly seen worse yeah, that we right. picked for ourselves. <laughs> that ruled. We usually pick movies that we ha we've never seen. So it can go any manner of ways. So we've definitely had some yeah. one star films or zero star films that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> What's the zero Please. star one? Can you remember? Oh, Hummingbird Project. Oh yeah. I haven't even heard of that one. I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> if we could give it zero stars. Neither of us gave it zero stars. We might've given it one um, or a half. Oh, you or didn't something. know zero you gave stars it a, was yeah, possible. We each gave it a, we each gave it a half. Yeah. But <laughs> on, upon reminiscing, Zero. What's the cult one we did recently? That one was bad. The Other Lamb. The Other Lamb. Oh, Don't watch okay. it. Yeah, you know, Hulu originals are deeply suspect to me ever since The Handmaid's mm -hmm. Tale, so... 
So yeah, we've done some stinkers, and that's fine because I think stinkers are fun too. <laughs> even maybe even more fun. Yeah, they can be. Um, so anyway, that's all for us. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>